Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Studio C, senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Entormation Complex, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show for this Monday, the 14th of February, the year of our Lord, 2022. Jack is off today, although I think he is checking in later. No, he's not hungover. He doesn't drink. It's not a Super Bowl hangover. He's taking his boys uh, skiing slash snowboarding because they have a day off of school, which I think is... Absolutely wonderful. Speaking of wonderful, oh man, do we have some good stuff to talk about today. A handful of just great guests dealing with the the big issues of our time, including David Drucker talking about some uh, political earthquakes soon to come. Going to be talking to the fabulous Josh Rogan of the Washington Post about the Beijing Olympics and the communist Chinese and the rest of it. Uh, this morning, oh, I forgot to mention, this morning we're tootling uh, under the managed, we're, uh, we're laboring under the tutelage of uh, Honorary General Manager, the mighty Rams of Los Angeles, also John Durham, as in the John Durham probe, uh-huh, really, seriously, this is not 
you know, page nine on the Washington Examiner significant. This is big time Hillary and Shackles significant. So stay with us for that, Hillary. Just when people are starting to talk about, I don't know, Hillary 2024, people are starting to take it seriously. Yeah, Hillary jail. What wasn't that? What was the slogan? 2016. Hillary for lock, prison. Lock her up. Well, yeah, yeah, I remember the lock her up chant, Michael. It's just there was like a funny uh, meme. It was it was ta- a takeoff of her campaign, uh, uh, like signs or her her logo, Hillary for prison, and uh, that may actually be happening. But uh, before we dive any further into that, that's right, Hillary. That's right. Get used to orange. It's the new black, darling. Before we get into that more heavily, let's uh, begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations at. Mark. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab. But the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. So certainly the Durham stuff is of more significance than the Super Bowl. But if we're not going to recap the Super Bowl this morning, when would we? So, just a couple of thoughts briefly. Number one, pretty damn good game. Rams fans, thrilled, obviously. First uh, championship since they returned to L.A. Uh, second, I believe, in franchise history, if you're into franchises. Uh, interesting experience. I didn't have a huge rooting interest in the game, and I got into one of those uh, pools where you get a square, and, and you buy the square, and then they randomly assign numbers to the square. And uh, Judy and I, we won the first quarter. We had the right, uh, you know, combination of numbers, and it was a few bucks. I mean, it was it was it was pretty great. But from, but the entire game, with the exception of a couple of hardcore Rams fans and one guy who grew up in Cincinnati, everybody was just like shouting out what combination of scores they wanted to see so they could win the pool. Nobody cared about the game per se. It was just it was like it, being in Vegas, you, you know, calling out for the roulette wheel. They hit the the seventeen or or what have you. Um, so that was kind of funny. Also, there was way too much eating and drinking. Good lord, uh, I know I'm not alone in that sentiment. When Michael, when will they put the Super Bowl on, on Saturday. Saturday? Right. Super Bowl Saturday has every bit the ring as Super Bowl Sunday. I don't care what happens in the regular season. It just, um, uh, somebody needs a workplace or work day or, or somebody needs to, uh, do one of those phony studies where they throw in a, throw around enormous numbers where they say, uh, if the Super Bowl were held on Saturday, America would gain $1.3 trillion in productivity, uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl. You know, it's probably not that much, but it would certainly help. Uh, so anyway. Uh, and my own, uh, the only other real thought uh, on the Super Bowl itself, oh, two things, two things, working up to the most important one. Uh, the whole Super Bowl ad thing has absolutely vaulted over the shark, as they say, and it became a tail wagging the dog deal where, you know, companies would spend a lot of money and pour the, the greatest creative energies they could generate into these uh, wonderful, hilarious, innovative, touching ads, whatever. People started to notice that. 
And, you know, everybody talked about how much money they spent and, and that sort of thing. But everybody would be watching commercials and they well, it's as funny as any show on TV. Oh, my God, it's beautifully produced. Blah, blah, blah. And so America started to pay attention to the, the Super Bowl commercials. And they'd be ranked on the ad meter and USA Today would have pictures and everything. And it, uh, the people paid attention. At this point, I think the tail is wagging the dog. Uh, there was some good stuff. I've watched some. It was tough to hear. I was at a party. Um, it was tough for me to hear anything, but I watched a bunch uh, before the show, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's okay. It's a pretty good commercial. That makes me want to drink beer. Of course, I woke up wanting to drink beer. Um, but so uh, there are a couple we might touch on, but we're not going to talk about it much because, you know, meh. No, no more tail wagging the dog. Uh, and, and the most important observation about the Super Bowl of all, in a state, in a county, in a stadium, where not only were N95 masks or the show vaccine or whatever uh, required, masks totally required, masks left on the seat for you, okay? There might have been five people in the entire stadium wearing masks. Maybe. I didn't see them. I'm just allowing that it is possible that they were. The mandates are completely phony. Nobody follows them, including the politicians who pass them. I'll bet L.A.'s, uh, you know, czarette of health, Barbara Ferrer, was wearing her mask because she's a nut job. But nobody else was. But the little kids are all going to march off to school in their masks, in their useless masks, reminding you that for the umpteenth time, and anybody with any sense agrees with this, including mask skeptics, an N95 or KN95 mask worn properly fitted properly and thrown away after every use. Aha! Aha! A lot of us think, yeah, I got a pretty good mask. I'm doing the right thing. But you got to chuck it. It, uh, it. it protects the user pretty well. If you need the protection. But the idea that kids in loose-fitting cloth, ma- cloth masks or surgical masks or whatever, with wearing it around their chin, blowing the sneezing and all, that's not doing anybody any good and it's hurting the kids. So how you could, in in good conscience and even like a, a, a decent dog's intelligence, watch the Super Bowl and then say, yes, but the children do need to march off to school, even though they are practically impregnable from the COVID. I just, enough said, enough said. Organize a walkout if you can. Send your kid to school. Organize a bunch of parents, send 150 kids to school without the masks on. It's time to end this idiocy, please. No outbreaks of, of COVID in schools that, that have been documented uh, from, from student to teacher. And when the kids get the sniffles for a few days, they're fine anyway. So, okay, enough said on that. Have a freedom-loving quarter of the day mailbag coming up. We're going to talk to David Drucker, and uh, and this hour we will give you the, the broad outlines of what is seriously a huge development in the Trump-Russia collusion story, except the collusion wasn't Trump. The collusion was on the other side, and it's coming out more and more, and there could be a lot of people indicted. So stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. And the halftime show. Uh, you know, it wasn't for me. You know, if you're a big hip-hop fan in the 90s, it was probably great to see your the hippity-hop, the rap music, on the big stage, kind of a... Uh, I don't know, a rubber stamp of, yes, this is part of American culture, I guess. Um, what's with the crank grabbing? Can we not grab at our genitals while we perform? What What is that? Can we stop with that, Snoop? Snoopy dog? Who I'm told by a friend in the music business is utterly irrelevant in terms of ticket sales and, like, actual... But to, like, a suburban white America, he's... Something, I guess. I don't know. I'm confused by the whole thing. Uh, you know, all the guys in the prison clothes and in the crotch grabbing. I didn't need it, but I don't, you know, again, I don't care. Super Bowl halftime show. Who needs that? If I want to see Dr. Dre in his prime, hours and hours of it on YouTube, you know, or, or any of those people jumping around lip syncing in a football stadium. I don't know. If, if you dug it, great. That's no skin off my nose, right? Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. This from John Adams, founding Papa, did important work financing the revolution by uh, working in France and that sort of thing. Uh, second president of the United States, one termer. Oh, facts are stubborn things, he said, and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. See, that is inconvenient, Johnny boy. Big John. He was fat before fat was in. Really inconvenient to agree that there is a set of facts. And so, if you can't get your philosophy to overcome inconvenient facts, if what you're saying is crazy and doesn't make sense, for instance, what do you do with those facts? You invent something called... My truth. This is my truth. There's not the truth. There's my truth. So facts are no longer relevant. And it just becomes a question of who's more vicious about uh, getting people tossed out of their jobs and schools and the rest of it. Sound familiar? Yeah, I'll bet. Mailbag. You can email us anytime. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Maybe to weigh in with an opinion and experience. You want to send something along we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, there are a couple of comments about these Super Bowl commercials. Blake writes, Sirs, you are the only two celebrities that did not have a spot during the Super Bowl. Dennis Rodman? I missed uh, Rodman's spot. My almost 20-year-old kids did not have a clue who he was. Dennis did look good. Probably all the caviar and fine wines with Kim Jong-un in North Korea. That could be. I missed the great former Piston and Bull. And better of Madonna. Uh, the, the, the guys, it's a good thing. Uh, it was a good game. Super Bowl commercials have jumped the shark. And this can't be America. There was not one beer commercial all game long. Is that right? Didn't Bud have a commercial in there at some point? Or they, they pitched their, uh, their, their fizzy uh, alcohol waters instead. I'm pretty sure I saw a, uh, you know, the, what do you call them? The seltzers, the hard seltzers? Um, anyway. They had one with the Clydesdale. Uh, did they? That's right. Yeah, I saw the, the horse. It looked uh, touching or something. 
Ah, yeah, I love this from series of numbers. Uh, Watching NBC's Super Bowl pregame show, showing off beautiful Southern California, Venice, Venice Beach, Santa Monica Pier. Astounding how there's not one tent, one bum, not one junkie in sight. All the local housing must have suddenly become affordable, eh? Wow, great note, great note, great sarcasm. No, it's policy. And the policy was, because the Super Bowl was in town, junkies can't ruin the neighborhoods that the that the TV cameras want to show. Now, the minute the TV cameras pick up and move on down the road, we'll let the junkies ruin your neighborhood again. So screw you, residents and taxpayers. You're nothing. You're nobody. Yeah. Now, the national TV audience, that, that could impact tourism, right? Once people have bought the ticket and they've landed at LAX and they're on Venice Pier saying, stay close, honey, kids, stay very close to me. I, I got a bad feeling about this. And, and they're beset by junkies on all sides. Their money's already spent. They've already booked the hotel. The hotel taxes are going to pour in no matter how many times they're assaulted or accosted or step in human poo or whatever. So the important thing is to get the suckers hooked on the TV. Then they get to L.A. slash San Francisco slash Portland slash Seattle slash Boise increasingly or Austin or you name St. Louis. Once they get there, then they're screwed. Anyway, moving along. Uh, let's see. Scott from the free state of Montana writes, oh, Jack was talking about how presidents make promises to fix stuff they have no way of fixing. Uh, Jack, in a moment of usual Jack idiocy, uh, that is unfair. Unfair, especially on a day he's not here, Scott. Uh, he referred to the continued high cost of oil and gasoline as one of those things. Bull spit. You disappoint me by not suggesting that the cost of oil and gasoline is one of the only things he could fix. That bumbling jackass of an empty suit and head only has to restart oil production in the U.S. and the Keystone Pipeline. Come on! How could that not be mentioned? I thought I did mention it like seconds later that we were uh, self-sufficient. We were energy self-sufficient until about a year ago. Um, at any rate, it's a good point and well worth making. We could be energy self-sufficient again, working like crazy with the genius and energy that is the United States to work toward green energy solutions. Why would we be a slave to Russia and the Saudis and and all the other third world dictating garbage fest asshole countries that produce oil while we're working toward green energy when we could have it on both ends? We could be self-sufficient. I agree completely. A little perspective, writes Joe, the U.S. Marine in the U.K. For perspective on uh, the kids and masks in school, the U.K. has stopped with COVID measures. My children have been in school the whole time. No mask on children. Adults had masks. When England got rid of the mandate and masks came off, teachers have come and gone the last couple of weeks as each got COVID, go home a couple of days, come back when they're recovered. No big deal. No masks on the kids. No masks. We're going to talk to David Drucker in a moment or two about the state of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. If you can't hang around or if you ever miss a chunk of the show, grab it via podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome, friends. Glad you're here. In the next half hour or so, we will hit hard the state of the Durham investigation, which, believe it or not, is reputed to be yielding significant fruit. After all this time, and and, and we're all so used to investigations being launched and grinding along, and then you really don't hear anything, and they kind of go away. And Now, I think this one actually is significant. We'll, we'll hit that a little bit later on. But first, conversation with David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. He's the senior political correspondent. That fine publication. Speaking of fine publications, David's the author of In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. David, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks Terrific. for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's good to talk to you. So uh, speaking of In Trump's Shadow and, and the state of the GOP, I actually want to take a look, uh, if you will, at both parties and the, the conflicts, the divisions therein. But we can start on the Republican side. I mean, uh, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, recently censured by the RNC. Mitch McConnell shoots back that that's idiotic and useless and divisive and and the rest of it. Uh, what's the uh, what's the state of the Republican Party at this point from your perch there in the Capitol? Well, look, it depends on how you want to look at the party. I mean, the party is on track for uh, big gains in the 2022 midterm elections. Um, I think they're they're on track to win control of the House and Senate and possibly by big margins. So when you want to look at win loss and judge a party's political viability that way, which 
seems to make sense to most people, <laughs> including right. me. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, they're they're in pretty good shape. Um, when you look at the evolving nature of the Republican Party, when you look at the party long term, there are some more uncertainties out there. Obviously, the party continues to realign somewhat, and you have this ongoing battle between the traditional conservatives and the conservative populace in the party. I think uh, former President Donald Trump's fixation on the 2020 elections long term is not helpful to the party. Um, and those could have consequences in 2024, uh, especially if Republicans do well in 2022. They're all of a sudden, and this is the problem you want, of course, but you're gonna, they're going to share responsibility for governing. Um, we've seen past Democratic presidents get repudiated in midterms and then recover in their reelection bids. Uh, and we've seen Republicans suffer in midterm, in, in presidential or midterm elections and then recover two years later. So, uh, it's it, it, by every measure that matters in the moment, Republicans are doing very well. Their fundraising is up. Uh, their political organization is doing well. When you look at some of these longer term trends, uh, whether the party is getting along, whether they're willing to cooperate with each other to form a majority coalition in a national election, that still remains to be seen. And it is a concern among some Republicans I talk to, and I think they're right to be concerned about it. But this is not um, an either-or scenario, nor is it uh, remotely all doom and gloom. You know, I'm ambivalent about a lot of this stuff as a conservative. Um, I just, you know, I have mixed feelings on a lot of it. But what do you think of this notion that... And, and well, Trump's fixation on the 2020 election, I think, is making him less relevant going forward. If if Trump were, were focused, hard focused on inflation, uh, the border, uh, people's living conditions, you know, uh, dinner table issues um, and not obsessing over the 2020 election, his shadow would be looming even more over the Republican Party. His influence, I think, would have grown. Well, you know, when I I asked Trump about this, when I interviewed him last year for In Trump Shadow, and I asked him if he thought his his, you know, decision to constantly beat the bush about the, you know, what he thinks happened in 2020. I said, you know, doesn't it make it harder for your party to win control of the House and Senate in midterm elections? Now, this was before President Biden's approval numbers had dropped and things looked so good for Republicans. And he said, yeah, maybe so. But I don't really care. And then he also said, well, I think this will help energize our base because that's what they're interested in. So you raise a really good question. What I would say about this is that there are a number of Republican primaries in big states, in Senate races, never mind House races, and some governor's races where they all where they agree with Trump, these uh, primary candidates, and won't say otherwise. And maybe they secretly disagree with them but refuse to say it. Mm-hmm. And if you end up with nominees in some of these key races with candidates who also want to talk about, you know, an election being stolen, despite um, an incredible lack of evidence to that effect, then this issue is not going to go away. Now, in many of these states, I still think the Republican nominee wins anyway. I, I mean, I tend to think that whoever wins Ohio and just about all of them say Trump's right, the election was stolen. The nominee in the Ohio Senate race is going to win <clears throat> the nominee in the North Carolina Senate race is likely to win. The nominee in the Pennsylvania Senate race is likely to win. So it, it's not going to hurt in the near term, but it is going to keep alive this notion in the party um, that Trump is right. And then, of course, you have voters who want to focus on the future. 
given how the nature of how much trouble the Democrats are in and given that they're in charge in Washington, I don't think this kind of this kind of conversation is going to hurt Republicans or the party. I think they're still given the Democrats super thin margins in the House and Senate and everything else. Republicans are still likely to have a really good election, which, of course, is going to make them think that, that, that there's no problem in talking about a stolen election uh, that wasn't stolen. And and that's why I say it possibly becomes a problem in 2024. David Drucker of the Washington Examiner on the line. One more question about uh, the Republicans before we move across the aisle. Uh, it seems to us that there are a lot of really interesting and encouraging trends for the Republican Party. Uh, uh, more folks of color, more working class people are moving the Republican way. And it feels like the Democrats are becoming the party of the suburban social degree holding elites of America. To what extent is that true? Well, it's, I think that the signs are there that this is happening. Before I make blanket predictions, I like to see how things play out over time. But we have seen Republicans make gains with Hispanic voters. For instance, Donald Trump won um, a, a county along the Mexican border in Texas that Republicans have not captured in a presidential race in 100 years. And I think what this trend is about is as the Republican Party, at least for the time being, becomes more of a working class party where more of its voters tend to be uh, blue collar um, uh, workers. Well, there are lots of Hispanics and lots of um, voters that are not white that are a part of the working class that have long seen the Democrats as the party of the working class and now um, believe that the Republicans are the party of the working class, both from an economic standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. And by the same token, we have seen some suburban voters. Um, we've seen some evidence of this, some sort of white collar suburban voters of both of, you know, both of, 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 of all races. Uh, but, but, you know, particularly these white suburban white collar um, workers who had long voted Republican finding more cultural affinity with the Democrats. So we've seen some of this realignment. It's, all of these things are sort of dependent on who the next Republican nominee is in 24, what kind of coalition they're able to cement, what the economic and, and geopolitical uh, conditions in the country and the world are and how, you know, the, the two nominees position their parties in that contest. But the signs are definitely there that this is beginning to happen. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens, not so much in midterm elections, because we've seen Non-white voters flock to Republicans in greater degree in midterm elections when Democrats are right. in trouble. Okay. But how? But but it'll be more interesting to see if we see a continuation of what we saw in twenty happen again in twenty four. Okay, we just have a couple of minutes left. But I, I, one the thing we've talked about a lot around here is to to what extent do you think the Democratic Party is being led by the woke energy on Twitter? and among congressional staffers, and Twitter is not America. To what extent do you think they're being, uh, you know, the dog of the Democratic Party is being wagged by the tail? Or or does the woke left have that much heft? Well, look, I think, I, I think there is some validity to this. Both parties, as polarization has increased over the past two decades, have been led or influenced more by their base, of committed voters, right? You know, we've seen in covering the Republican Party over 20 years, the influence that the Republican base often has, the, the committed conservatives often have in, in, in the party, in part because 
in House races where most districts are drawn to elect one or the other party, it's the primary that really counts. And if you sure. don't play to your primary audience, you don't get to the general election where you're going to win easily. And so I think that what we're seeing in the Democratic Party now is something we've seen for years in the Republican Party, and they are being influenced to a huge degree by the far left flank of their party. And I think we've seen this most notably uh, when it comes to um, pandemic policy coming out of the White House. You know, Joe Biden can't win in this regard. Uh, in Republicans, certainly, but even uh, but especially independents really want to shift to a posture of policy on the pandemic that that recognizes or believes that the coronavirus is just not going anywhere uh, for the foreseeable future and and get us back to a normal footing, just doing living like we did before the pandemic, but taking you know, precautions as they are necessary. Hallelujah. The left flank and the Democratic base of the Democratic Party doesn't think Joe Biden's doing enough to protect against the coronavirus. They want stricter mandates on vaccines, more mandates on vaccines, stricter and more mandates on mask wearing and and the like. And that belief on the far left flank of the party is influencing how many Democrats in Washington, at least, are reacting to the pandemic, both politically and from a policy standpoint. And it's far different than what you're seeing from center-left Democrats and independents who may tend to vote Democrat. And we've seen, you know, that Democratic governors around the country are starting to react to the broader number of Democratic voters in their states rather than uh, the most committed liberals. But it is definitely having an impact. And you're right when you point out that Twitter is not real life, neither on the right or the left. And when politicians cater to Twitter, they end up in trouble with a broader number of voters they need to win re-election. Well, and your point about COVID policy is a great one. and such a such a strange chapter of American history we're all living through. I'd like to write the book, Culture and COVID, if I only had the time. But um, let's remember, Glenn Youngkin is the governor of Virginia, not so much because of the, the critical race theory stuff that got so much attention, purely because he ran on get the kids back in school. The kids need to be in school. And that hardcore left flank of the Democratic Party is just have four-year-olds in masks and, and send everybody home the minute anybody gets COVID. And uh, that is just absolute electoral poison, I think, uh, to an extent that the mainstream media does not adequately reflect. But uh, David Drucker, the Washington Examiner. David, I wish we could talk all day, but I'm afraid we're up against a break. But it's great to talk to you. Good luck with the book in Trump's shadow, the battle for 2024 and the future of the geo. Thanks, David. Thanks so much. Yep, good to talk. Uh, More to come. The Durham investigation, serious, high-level flack is about to hit the Hillary campaign from 2016. Evil doing the details next. Armstrong and Getty. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's be clear. The science that drove what happened this week was political science. And, and what drove this was politics. They're seeing how unpopular it is, and they're moving away from it. That's the nature of our system. Chris Christie talking about mask mandates. Uh, he could have gone into a little detail. The reason they're so unpopular is because everybody is recognizing the science. The lockdowns didn't work. The masking is next to useless. The masking of children is ridiculous. Oh, and uh, we've buried the lead today. Our lead story should have been Mayor Gil Garcetti of Los Angeles able to hold breath through entire Super Bowl. It's really a miraculous achievement as he was seen uh, maskless on a number of occasions, all sorts of memes on the Internet. Etc. But I promised you this, so here it is. Uh, is, is, is listen as carefully as you can. We're building up to the, the main dealio here. Former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe met with Special Counsel John Durham. Now, Durham was the guy, is the guy, looking into the origins of the Trump-Russian collusion story. An investigation, how that got started, and whether laws were broken. So Ratcliffe, the DNI, met with John Durham on more than one occasion and told him that there was evidence in intelligence to support the indictments of multiple people in his investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia probe, sources told Fox News. Now, whenever it's sources and it's anonymous at all, you got to just wait to see if it bears out. But here's the specific. And th- this was known late last week, and we touched on it briefly, but... Uh, Durham's latest filing alleged that lawyers from Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign in 2016 had paid hackers to infiltrate or hack servers belonging to Trump Tower, Trump's apartment, and the White House in order to establish an inference and narrative to bring federal government agencies linking Donald Trump to Russia. 
Long story short, Hillary's campaign paid hackers to hack into Trump's computers, including in the White House, simultaneously while they were tweeting fake stories about a secret Trump server that was connected to a Russian bank. None of it was true. None of it. The indictment of that Clinton lawyer a while back, you may recall, um, What he was indicted for was lying to the FBI. He said he wasn't working for any client when he did X, Y, and Z. Turns out he was being paid by the Clinton campaign to do what he was doing, and that was the big lie. So they had him, you know, chocolate all over face next to the cookie jar, having... Uh, done some of the things he he done hired various people uh, hackers etc and 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 he was trying to deny that it went up the chain to the Clinton campaign but the FBI uh, and Durham saw through that and and now they know that they were in league uh, the sources point to one key piece of declassified intelligence which Fox News first reported in October of 2020 revealing that intelligence community officials within the CIA forwarded an investigative referral on Hillary Clinton purportedly approving a, quote, plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. So, again, this is from the CIA, allegedly, saying that Hillary, Hillary's campaign launched the hack to cover up the email thing or to distract from it. Sources told Fox News that the CIA memo, also known as a counterintelligence operational lead, was properly forwarded to the FBI and to the attention of then FBI Director, oh boy, James Comey, and then Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence, oh boy, Peter Strzok. The following, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, where Durham is in this investigation and how close he is to additional... Uh, indictments, uh, it's hard to say. He is the tightest chip in D.C. But Fox has not obtained evidence to suggest the FBI opened an investigation into Hillary's plan per the CIA referral. So, yeah, try not to drop that of a fatal heart attack. It looks like the CIA referred it to the FBI, and Comey and Strzok said, yeah, we're not that interested in it. Meanwhile, Ratcliffe, the former DNI, had also declassified documents that revealed former CIA director John Brennan briefed Obama on Hillary Clinton's purported, quote, proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian Security Service. Again, that's a declassified CIA document. We're getting additional insights into Russian activities from a redacted name. Brennan's declassified notes read, uh, they alleged approval by Hillary Clinton, a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian Security Service. Uh, by the way, that national security uh, official is almost certainly Jake Sullivan, who you see on the TV jabbering on behalf of the Biden administration. For instance, defending their brilliant evacuation from Afghanistan, etc., so, boy, the uh, the pot's starting to boil. What comes out is not clear, but it is definitely boiling. If you miss any chunk of the show, grab the podcast later. We make it available. Armstrong and Getty. 
High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Family Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. It's time to get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data, and you get to choose who joins your family plan starting as low as $25 a line. Does it have to be family? It can be family or people you like. Get more lines and more savings. Switch to Straight Talk for family plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at Walmart and straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver and limited plan. Taxes and fees apply.